Hi, my name is Eric Chase. I'm the afternoon host on Q105 for Cumulus Media. I also do a great deal of mental health advocacy here in our community as I share my daily struggle with bipolar 2 and the funk-filled lows that regularly affect my life. I'd like to welcome you to episode zero of this new podcast called 68 Words, which is going to be one of the many features of the Ability Center's wide-ranging new initiative called Think Differently. Please like and follow the Ability Center on the social channels you're on so you can keep up with the signature events, a dynamic Metro Parks partnership, lunch and learn series, and much more inclusive and accessible excitement as the Ability Center's Think Differently initiative ensures that Northwest Ohio will be the most disability-friendly community in the country. Episode zero of 68 Words with the executive Executive Director of the Ability Center, Stuart James, begins now. It's great to sit down with you for like the sixth or seventh time as we built this little uh, this little bromance lately. Nothing makes me happier than speaking with you. And we're going to avoid all the sports talk because we have more important things to get to here, right? I mean, we'll see if that's possible. I'll <laughs> sneak it in somewhere. We're here to introduce what 68 Words is and... It's a podcast part of a larger initiative of your vision and your brainchild, Think Differently. Yes, yeah, so you know, the 68 words is, is basically the heart of Section 504, which was the impetus for the disability rights movement. Um, it was the first time people with disabilities realized that they had rights and that they could fight for Um and so it started with a really massive protest in Berkeley in 1978 led by Judy Herman, Kitty Cohn, um, and uh, Mary Lou Breslin. And from there, you know, it started a decades-long um, advocacy campaign to get the ADA passed. And we're not done yet. You know, for me, I think um, all movements, it doesn't matter whether it's disability or race or religion or whatever, they, they come in two parts, and the first part is creating access and opportunity. That's the law. That's what we did with the ADA. But the second part is changing people's hearts and minds, and I don't think any movement has done a good job of that. I mean, we're, we're in a civil rights legislation passed in the 60s, we still have rampant racism, we have anti-Semitism, we have homophobia, and still we have problems with ways people perceive disability. And so our effort moving forward is to try to, to change that. And to erase a lot of those things, um, people are afraid of what they don't know, and a good way to overcome a lot of those things are just simple fears are just simple education, being willing to listen. And I think we're going to tell a lot of stories here um, that will have anyone listen and they can see people like Perry and Tim and yourself and people that proliferate the services here and beyond at the Ability Center are just like everybody else. Absolutely. You know, I think when we talk about disability, we're always sort of stuck in this negative conversation about people who, you know, don't have jobs or don't have money. And it's true, you know, we're, we're, we're disproportionately poor as a, as a community, but not everybody is. And so, you know, I have money and I'm, I'm not just a person with a disability, I'm a dad. Um, I have a job. I'm a, I like photography. I like talking to you about sports. Um, and, you know, I think we have doctors and lawyers and, um, and so there's, you know, it's, it's, it's about the person and what you want to be and you just happen to have a disability. But I think kids need to be inspired so they really need to hear these positive, uplifting stories so they realize that there's, the world's open to them. 
um, that, you know, they have an opportunity. Why should the average person, parent, business owner, anybody um, be more open minded about anyone with a disability? Disability affects more people than I think we realize. Um, you know, if you look at statistics, it, it always falls somewhere between 12 and 20 percent. Um, but that number is, is, is considered to be very low. Um, a large part of that is so many people just don't want to identify with the D word. And so you have people even with mobility issues, especially seniors, you know, they can't walk up a flight of stairs, but they won't admit that they have a disability. They're not going to check the box on a form. And I think that is especially true when you get into mental health issues. Um, mental health is a serious problem. It's a, it's a legitimate disability. And then, you know, a lot of people with mental health issues just simply won't admit that they have a disability. Um, they don't want to address it or they haven't even acknowledged that they have a mental health issue. Um, and so the number is quite low. And I think if we had a real number, you'd realize that we're probably looking at more like 60, 70 percent of the population. And so I think you need to realize that your neighbor, your friend, your brother, um, you know, the consumer in your shop, the person who comes into your company to work, they may all have a disability. It, it's kind of like that old cliche. Sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's not. Everybody's got something. You know, everybody does have something. I mean, where's the line? You know, I my I have friends who you know wear glasses that are you know three inches thick, um, <laughs> and if I take them off, they can't see a damn thing. And so, is that a disability? Most people would say no. I would say probably is a disability because they have to wear those glasses, otherwise they can't see anything. Yeah. And so, as soon as you need some sort of assistance to live, that's a disability. And so, I think you know, where's the line? I don't think there's a the trouble I've always had with disability is the word disability is implies sort of a have have not situation where you either have one or you don't and I don't think it works like that I think there's just a gray area um, of you know we have vets I met vets who are in wheelchairs who absolutely not admit they have a disability and that that's cool like you know are they just being are they ignoring what's there trying to block it out because there's probably two Two buckets you can put these people in. One, they'll just block it out. Two, they have just overcome it and they don't see themselves as someone or something with a disability. I think they want to disassociate from the D word simply because there's so much negativity around it. And they're trying to be positive. They're trying to go out and have a job, be part of the community. And it feels like the D word is holding them back from that. And so they just try to pretend it doesn't exist. You know what? To be frank, I did that. <laughs> um, I kept my disability in a box. I didn't talk about it. My mom is one of the co-founders of the Osteogenesis and Perfecta Foundation, which is my disability, and a 40-year fight with my mom. I think I told you that. Mm-hmm. I never went to a meeting. Um, you know, it just wasn't my thing. I didn't want it to identify me because there is so much negativity around it. It doesn't have to be that way. And that's why we listen a little bit more. We get educated. We meet people like yourself and like others who have overcome, put it behind them, addressed it, destigmatized it. Um, let me take a second because you used um, glasses as as one great example. And when I got my eyes fixed in 2014, I yelled at all my friends because I had those Mr. Magoo Coke bottle glasses. I was like, why did, why did you guys say anything to me? This looks ridiculous. Um, but you're right. And it, it can be such a personal, personal thing. It can be semantics. It's, it's 
to each and every single individual, but to go from the glasses to something else that we both like a lot, I'll use sports, football players. Um, you have been close to that industry for a long time. You, you know professional athletes, but let's stick with football. There are a lot of football players. Forget about head injuries, which has been a big topic for the last 15 years. What about players who have ripped out parts of their body, um, need hip replacements when they're 42 years old and before they're even 50 they're those are the ones who are walking more slowly and gingerly than people that are two or three times their age and they probably refuse to see that they are somewhat or if not completely disabled oh absolutely you know my niche when i was an agent were offensive and defensive linemen and those guys you know even they hit 40 or 50 years old some of them take 30 40 minutes to get out of bed um everything's just broken it's stiff but they're never ever going to check the D box um, on a form. They just won't admit it. They, 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 you know, they're walking with a cane, um, or, or some of them, you know, it's just bad situation. Um, they take their pills. They get them the joints loose. They take a hot bath. Um, they get themselves going, and then they, you know, if they forget that they took all that time to get out of bed. What do you tell someone like that, or someone else who might refuse to address their disability, as you know, as you personally and others could say, look, if you get past this, if you can address this and embrace it, you will feel better. You will live a better life. I don't think you can tell them directly. I think we need to do what we're doing now, which is tell these really positive stories about people who are doing really great things. And there's a lot of us. I mean, there just really is, especially when you include mental health. I mean, half of Hollywood have mental health issues, and they're all doing fantastic things. I mean, there are people who most of the community envy. Um, you know, comedians have a lot of mental health issues. I mean, comedians have, you know, they have their own suicide hotline that they man themselves in Hollywood to deal with it, laughing on the outside, not on the inside. I think people were really awakened when Robin Williams took his own life, what it was like seven years or so ago, because people, maybe for the first time, were powerfully than ever realized that someone who was seemingly so jovial and happy was anything but on the inside. And what you don't see on the inside is this prison that their emotions and well-being is locked into. And the comedy and the laughter for others is an outlet, but in the inside, they're they're literally dying and then sometimes physically dying, unfortunately. You know, especially for, for artists, I find that one of the interesting things about them is this sort of dilemma they're in. Um, their mental health in many ways is where their talent seems to lie. And so they go on, you know, they get medication. All of a sudden, they're not as vibrant as they were. They're not as creative as they went through. And they don't like that. So they then come off the medication. And now their art takes off, but their personal life or their insides just sort of break. And it's this sort of tug of war they're having. It's quite interesting. I would not say, in a good way. I, no, it's not. Not I would say at least from personal experience, like that's BS. I never, as someone who deals with bipolar two, I had heard that line years and years ago. You don't want to lose your creativity. You don't want to lose your spark. Guess what? When you're on the right medication, the creativity is. It's still there. It works differently and it can work in a more focused, sharp, precise way. So like to me, that's a, that's a BS fear in the same way that um, there's like a negative stigma around God. Sometimes people will, will lose their sex drive with a, a mental health um, prescription, yeah. but it's not always. And even if you do, guess what? You're going to be able to handle it better because your brain isn't a bowl of spaghetti. It's good to hear that. And, you know, because that's a great example of what I just said. I get 
I get caught up in the narrative, and the narrative may not be true. Um, and in your example, it's not. Um, you know, and I think too what you said is um, being on the right medication. Um, yeah. I think mental health, I don't know a lot about it. I'm learning as I go here. But I think that that's one of the challenges too because I know a lot of people who have bipolar disorder and they'll change medications often until they find the one that works for them. And maybe that one stops working for a while, they gotta change it off to find something better. Um, but it's not a black and white situation. No. It's not like I got bipolar disorder. Here, take this pill and it's gonna fix everything. It really is a sort of, it's a, it's a balance, right? Just as physically speaking, with someone who might have a, a new physical disability, um, the first wheelchair, the first set of walking aids might not work, but when they find the right ones, they realize that they can have the life back that they think they might have lost. Oh, absolutely, and they don't think so. And, you know, there's a lot of problems. I mean, I'm going to get myself into trouble here. Good. OTs generally don't know. I mean, they know what they're doing. They can get you out the door and get you started in a proper wheelchair. But until you actually have some experience in it, you're not going to understand the nuances. You're not going to understand the benefit of 25-inch wheels versus 24-inch wheels um, or how you set up the center of gravity or what type of chair you're using or the backrest or any of these things. That comes from people with disabilities who've been there for a while that can walk you through that kind of stuff. And that's actually what the Ability Center does. I mean, we put you around people who've been in the spot for a while and they can give you some of that nuance and hope you get back going again to bounce it back the way of mental health um i'm fortunate my pcp my primary care doctor prescribes my medications because he is a savant with that stuff but most people's primary care physicians should not should not be um, prescribing their mental health medications they they're doctors they know you from head to toe but they don't have a specificity in the mind like a psychiatrist would you know, I think this goes back to an issue with just the medical community in general. They're not paying attention sometimes to quality of life issues. So they're just sort of like, I got a symptom, I'm going to give you treatment for that symptom. But they don't realize that it's like a butterfly effect. There's a whole bunch of things change after you do that. And then how does that impact your life? How does it impact your relationships? That happens all the way across the board. And I think, you know, we find that with children who are born with disabilities, doctors are so focused on the medical issues, they're not thinking through the quality of life issues or the guidance they need to give parents. We uh, Let's go backwards a little bit, talking about um, making things ADA compliant um, and why that's so important. You might have heard Stuart mention as we got going here saying, I have money. He does have money. He has a membership to Inverness and girls and the girls like going to the pool there. Um, there's a uh, we used to watch the ESPN show or might still do you used to watch PTI right yes absolutely I mean Kornheiser would often say the answers always go back to money Stuart has money if I were a business owner and for whatever reason I had some sort of dislike fear uh, of you if you came into my store I'm turning away money and that could be anybody so another reason why you need to make yourself ADA compliant is you might potentially be pissing off potential customers, very lucrative ones. You know, at the end of the day, people rarely do things simply because it's the right thing to do. And a lot of people don't want to do things because someone told them to do it, Mm -hmm. as in the government. And so they get sort of pissy about it. 
right? So you have to figure out, I had a lawyer a long time ago when I was in Hollywood. He gave me what he called the center of the universe theory. And the center of the universe theory was he's, him coaching me on how to negotiate. And it was basically that no matter what you do, you have to start off with what's in it for them. Not You don't care about what's in it for you. You'll get there. But start off with what's in it for them, and then they engage you. And so I always say, look, if you if you want my money to be your money, you better make the store accessible because I'll find another store Yeah. Um, at the end of the day. And what we need to do is make sure that that shop owner understands that I'm not an anomaly. I'm not alone. There's a lot of people in my situation who have money to spend and would come into your store and you don't want it, you don't want it. I don't care. You can have you can have Stuart James come into your business with his Inverness money, or you can have public course guy come into your business with his public course money. Stuart has more money. Don't turn him away. <laughs> Who's gonna spend more? <laughs> It's, it's kind of a sloppy point, but point made. Um, how can people find out? Like, how can people make sure they are compliant and as welcoming as possible for people with all types of disabilities? What do you mean? I don't think I understand the question. I, I opened a business. I, I think I'm open-minded. I think I'm welcoming, but maybe I'm not up to par for where the Ability Center could get me on the right track to be as welcoming and as disability-friendly as possible. Oh, well, you know, that's easy. We can come and do an assessment of your, your business. Um, and we'll do an assessment of your business to make sure that it's not only physically accessible, but it's accommodating to all sorts of disabilities, um, to making sure that the signage works, to making sure that, you know, we can even help train your staff on how to communicate with someone who, who may not be um, quick of thought um, or who may speak a little bit funny or take a long time to get the words out um, and deal with it without losing patience. Um, we can help you with all of that stuff. Um, but it starts by wanting to do it. And so that's what this podcast is about. It's really not just for people with a disability community. In fact, I, I don't care if people in the disability community listen to this or not, quite frankly. This is about getting people outside the disability community to realize that there's a lot of us and you know, some of us have money, a lot of us have jobs, a lot of us are educated, uh, some of us want jobs. Um, you know, we run the same gamut as the rest of the community. And so, you know, that's what this podcast is about. And then once we realize that my money is here for you, and if you want it and you need help understanding how to get it, you can come here to get it. But I got to motivate you first. <laughs> yes, indeed. And maybe educate someone a little bit. Uh, Think Differently is this big vision that I'm glad you're still here to implement because I would have been very disappointed if you didn't like Toledo. But all points, all signs point to you loving it here. So let's talk a little bit more about Think Differently and what we aim to achieve with that and some of the things that the, that the Ability Center is going to offer to make people a part of that vision. You know, I, I, I think I, love, I do love Toledo. Um, you know, we're really enjoying it. My wife's really enjoying it. Um, our kids love it here. When we talk about making Toledo the most disability-friendly community in the nation, we can think of it in terms of physical accessibility, but in physical accessibility, we really have a long way to go. And then, you know, the other way to think of it is just how people feel about disability, how they think about those with disabilities, but also how people with disabilities 
feel about themselves or think about themselves or the expectations they have for themselves. It's two sides of this relationship. Um, so one side is, you know, if I get you to realize that well, let's back up. I got to get people with disabilities to be part of the community, to not feel like the community doesn't welcome them. D- don't don't stigmatize yourself. Don't. Yes, exactly. Don't be boxed in by what society thinks of you. You know, um, while Toledo has a long way to go in terms of physical accessibility, some places here are just extraordinary. We have a wonderful metro park system that is inclusive. I mean, they will really go out of their way to make it accessible to all kinds of people. And so, you know, start using it so people realize that there's demand. Um, we have the Imagination Station, which works very closely with us um, to make sure that they're accessible. We have the museum, which works very closely with us to make sure it's accessible and inclusive. And so, you know, we need to make sure that people are seen. And then once that happens, then business starts to realize, hey, I want those people over here or, and, and I want their money. Yeah. Because it goes back to the money. Let me uh, jump ahead just a little bit as we talk more about think differently. Some of the things that we'd like people to do are, well, let's just keep going back to money because the center of the universe is often money. So we would love if you would like to donate to the Ability Center, but there are some other things people can do, right, to get involved? Yeah, you know, I, I hate to say that the center of the universe is money, but let's be frank, that kind of, <laughs> that's how things work, right? Jalen Brunson didn't go to New York because he wanted to play for his dad. He got a big check from them. Sports. He definitely didn't want to go to play with his father. Like, who does, right? Um, and by the way, we got the sports talk. We did, we did. Um you know, it's it, 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 terrible to say that, but that's just kind of how the world works. And the way I see it is, you know, that's the game. Let's play the game. So we do need money. Um, there are people in this community who don't have money, who don't have the resources to buy the, the, the things that they need to live independently. They may need a ramp on their house and they can't afford it. They may need some assistive technology and they simply can't afford it. They might be underinsured. Um, if they're insured at all. There could be all sorts of problems, and there are definitely these these tangible things that we have to address, and money helps us do that. That's for sure. And the, the, the chain there is the donations. You guys bounce back out and help these people who then go into people's businesses who support the Ability Center and spend money. <laughs> Exactly, because, you know, once I get people with disabilities in the right frame of mind, then they might need some assistance in getting out and being part of the community. They might need assistance in going out to get that job they want. Um, You know, we have transportation challenges here in Toledo. We need to address that. Um, And there might be opportunities for you to help us do that in terms of our advocacy and supporting it. But that's not the only, money's not the only way you can participate with us. Have your company sign up and do a disability awareness experience with us. Um, that's where we come in and teach your staff about disability. Um, you mentioned that, you know, education is the key, and I, I believe that. And it's about getting to know one another and appreciating the differences. And the disability awareness experiences, that's what they do. We come in with a whole bunch of wheelchairs and a whole bunch of technology and a whole bunch of different people with different disabilities and you're going to spend two hours and you're just going to play with us and you're going to 
have an opportunity to ask every question you've ever wanted to ask of a person with a disability. No one is going to get offended. But when it's over, all the questions have to be out and you have to start to see the person, not the disability. And I think people can hopefully grasp this from this podcast episode in our chemistry and friendship. Um, you're lighthearted. You're fun. When I do my mental health presentations, I weave uh, dogs and their poop into it in some ways. So it would be a great fun educational experience. We want you to listen to more of this podcast for great guests of people who have disability or maybe as I've asked them several times, they don't view themselves as a disability and they don't want you to see them that way. Um, more parts of Think Differently are an authentic author's video series upcoming. Yes, yeah, so the authentic authors are basically a more in-depth version of what we're doing here um, and it's also on video so we're really teaching you just where people are comfortable and you're going to learn about all sorts of people with disabilities who are doing great things. Um, many are business leaguers, some of them are in the government, um, some of them are just in school studying really cool things, some of them might be athletes, um, and they're not all necessarily from Toledo, they could be from anywhere, but we are really trying to focus on the, on the Toledo area, uh, at least Northwest Ohio. Um, and so it's again it's this narrative we're trying to create of start to see the person not the disability and so people with disabilities don't always have to just talk about disabilities sometimes we can talk about other things and just have a disability and so that's kind of what we do right sometimes you and I talk about sport in fact most of the time we talk about sport and it's amazing how that's worked because I still like you and you're a Philadelphia fan <laughs> I mean I can't believe it I don't, you're my only eagle friend like fan friend that I I've ever made. It's all about getting to know each other. You know, I've been really fortunate. I've traveled all around the world. I meet all sorts of people from different cultures and learn about just different things. And I don't think it's right or wrong. It's just broadened my perspective on things. I love to meet people from different religions. I love to meet people from different cultures. I like to try new food. Um, you know, or learn new languages. I suck at languages. But... Um, it's interesting to me. So much great stuff with Think Differently. Please follow the socials for everything with the Ability Center. And you can always reach out um, via the website as well. This is episode zero of 68 Words. I want to hit you with rapid fire questions now. These are fun things, I think, anyway. Hey, man. Who do you text the most? Um, who do I text the most? My wife, probably. Besides her. Give me somebody else. Besides my wife. Yes. Um, you, your, your girlfriend, <laughs> me, me, you. We have created quite a, a, a sports bromance. Um, what's your? This is on here. I don't know where this question came from, but I'm assuming the answer will tell me. What's your favorite breakfast? My favorite breakfast. You know what? My favorite breakfast is. I can't get it here. It's a breakfast special. It's it's basically ham, egg, and cheese. I like sausage, egg, and cheese on a Kaiser roll. With salt, pepper, ketchup. It sounds really simple, but I'm telling you, if you ask anybody from Long Island, they will tell you you cannot get a good one off of Long Island, but you can get that in every deli in Long Island. But here, I would say my favorite breakfast I brought with me from California, and it's basically a breakfast burrito. I think my daughters would say pancakes, because that's what they make me make every morning. Um, 
What's your favorite local restaurant that's gotten you kind of obsessed or addicted? Geez, a lot of great restaurants in Toledo. It's hard to pick a favorite. I guess, you know, you could go with the, the easy answer and say something like Mancy's. Um, if it was pizza, I'm still stuck on Mama Mary's. Thank you You're for, welcome. for that recommendation. You're welcome. Um, I don't know if it's really a restaurant. I don't actually ever, I've never even eaten there. I've always taken out, but it's the best pizza in Toledo. Sorry, um, I have to say that. What, do you collect stuff? Um, stories. Stories. I like to collect stories. I like to travel. I like to, you know, I'll do anything for a good story. Okay. Um, finish the phrase, the way to my heart is... Food. Food. Yeah, and you know, it's, uh, it's brutal, actually, because as I've gotten older, my palate has expanded to enjoy more things, but it's harder and harder to keep weight off, so I'm not allowed to eat as much as I'd like to. What's your hottest food take? Like, the one that I'll go to is pineapple on pizza is always a fight. Do you have a hot food take? Pineapple on pizza, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> you're just trying to make my blood boil it's like I've told my wife that I refuse I actually make my wife order a separate pizza because I don't want pineapple to touch my pie I'm just worried you know I want to go to heaven I don't want to you know. do, you, do you know what food thing people give me an issue for I like to put my ketchup all over the fries rather than dipping them I'm okay with that. I mean, like, you know, I think I would jump over the table if someone put ketchup on a steak. Um, that would really irk me. A cheesesteak or a, like a steak steak? I'm not experienced enough. With, I mean a steak steak. Okay, yeah, that's I'm ridiculous. I'm not experienced enough. I thought you and I still have to do lefties because I need to find out if it's authentic. I know, I, I know. I gotta say it's a great sandwich. I just don't know if it's real. Last question, and this might be the most important one uh of them all um in the upcoming seasons for the individual teams which team will be more successful the giants or the knicks Ooh. i'm gonna i think we're i i think the giants are gonna surprise people and win the nfc east and i think the knicks will make the playoffs I swear to you. Not as a play-in. I swear to you, the only thing he's drank during this podcast is pure leaf iced tea. But I don't know what's in that iced tea bottle. The Giants are not winning the NFC East. I'll make that bet. I'll bet you a... Pick your food, pick your meal, we'll make that bet. I'm just... I will make that bet with you. I just think Daniel Jones is going to have a breakout year. Saquon Barkley's going to come back. I have a lot of confidence in Brian Dable as a coach. I think they're going to do good things and surprise people. I trust... Saquon Barkley to stay healthy for 16 games as much as I trust Kyrie Irving to give me life advice. That is the problem. But, <laughs> you know, at least he's not going to take personal days like Kyrie Irving. True. 68 words, the very first episode, episode zero, Stuart James, uh, my friend. Um, it's great to have you here. Thank you for loving Toledo. Thank you for starting Think Differently in the initiative with the Ability Center. Big things are coming.